1: Night of Hope is an incredible opportunity, and we are seeing lives impacted for the glory of God in an incredible way, and uh, we, we have seen several folks from Night of Hope come and get plugged into the church as a result of the ministry, so we're, we're seeing God touch people and, and the results. So Mandy, uh, we, had, we had some great things happen this week, so why don't you just share with everybody what's going on and encourage everyone to get involved.
0: Okay, yes, please get involved. (laughs) You won't be sorry. Um, So I've been bouncing around like a little kid for the last two weeks. Pastor keeps laughing at me. I'm like bouncing off the walls trying not to burst open because God has been truly showing me to grow my faith (laughs) and to only believe. Um, So it's been very interesting to see what God can do. So uh, just in the last week, well, in the last couple of weeks, it's been really cool. I've seen um, some of our leaders that have been coming, and they maybe area leaders are just serving at Night of Hope, have actually started taking that outside of Night of Hope, and so weird things have happened where people have just showed up at the church, and the right people happen to be here at the right time. They were able to pray with them, give them clothing, give them food, um, set them up with benefits, give them a place to sleep if need be. It's been really amazing to see, literally, to see um, what God has been doing. And the fact that they just did it, like they just took care of it, and that was, they get the vision of what Night of Hope is. So that's been really exciting. Um, So this week, one of the things that we've been really concerned about is um, the bus ministry. So on Night of Hope, we pick people up and we bring them. We can only fit about 13 people on our bus because they have to be able to bring their groceries and such home. So we pick up about 13 to 14 people and bring them here, but then we have two shuttles that run that take people home throughout the Night of Hope. And we've been struggling because people come and they say, "I need a ride, I need a ride, I need a ride." And we don't have people. seats. We're to, yes, 20 at least. People at home. And so we've been trying to figure out, okay, Lord, how are we going to we need a van, we need a bus, we need something. We need something that we can serve more people with. And so this past week, I just, um, I just took a chance and I reached out to a friend that I've known for a long time through coaching soccer, and I just texted him and I said, "Hey, can you point me in the right direction? He works for Peterman Buses. And I said, can you point me in the right direction, someone I can talk to about possibly getting a rental bus or a charter bus or whatever so that we could serve more people? And he immediately texted me back and he's like, well, I'm the right direction. I'm the person that you need to talk to. Send me an email, lay out your itinerary, lay out what you do. So I sent him an email and I shared everything that we offer for A Night of Hope, shared what our our vision was and um, about how many people we're serving right now and how we'd like to serve others. And it was about 24 hours later, so I was just waiting for the response, and about 24 hours later, I get this response back that says, we will donate a bus and a driver for the next two events. And gas. And gas. So for November and December, they're donating a bus, they're donating a a driver, and they're covering the gas as a charitable donation um, to Celebration Church and Night of Hope. And then um, as I'm working out more of the details, it's actually funny how God's doing this, I'm finding out more about this person, too, and now I find out that he actually used to be a youth pastor, has a huge heart for ministry, and um, happens to work for a boss that believes in all of that as well. And so they are going to then, moving into January, um, work something out with us where we can um, be able to continue using their services. That's huge. We're going to be able to serve like three times the amount of people on our bus ministry. We're
1: going, we're going from 20 people
0: to like 60. To
1: 60 to 70 people. Depending on how many times
0: them. we run yeah, the bus. At least. And we'll still be able to run our bus, so that's another 13 people that we'll be able to serve. So that was crazy. I sent Pastor that message, and he just laughed at me because I was surprised. He was like, I'm not surprised. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it, Lord, I get it. Um, so then something else that happened this week, do you mind if I share? Um, just because I want to encourage you because I was encouraged. So I had lunch with a friend who happens to be in ministry. And, um, this person has been in a church where they've been trying really hard to, um, bring revival and bring Pentecost back and become a New Testament church, and they've been fighting the congregation a lot. And so we were having this lunch and we're talking, and I told Pastor it was really funny because a year ago I would not have had this conversation with this person. I wouldn't have been bold enough to even talk about Things like this at a lunch. So we're sitting in a restaurant talking about the things of God. Both of us in tears at points. Both of us really encouraging each other. But they were, she was just blown away by what's happening here at Celebration, the healings and the presence and what's going on here. And they want that. She wants that. And so she said that she's actually had pastors and they've had um, missionaries come through and tell them Ohio is going to be the place of revival. That's the place that's going to spark. And we've been hearing pastors say it forever. So... I was encouraged by that. I, I went home. I was giddy like a little kid, and I didn't know what to do with it. My kids laugh at me. Rich comes home. He never knows what he's going to get because my mouth opens, and it's kind of like, this is what happened today. Can you believe what happened today? And he just looks at me like I'm crazy, and that's okay. I'm a little bit crazy, but I'm, I'm, I'm all in. So. Now,
1: can I, before we get too excited about all this, can, can I ask you a question? I'm going to put Mandy on the oh, spot Jesus. here. She's going to love me after anyway. But were you always like this? No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say I've always, always wanted to serve. I've always wanted to serve. But it was a whole different thing for me. So in serving, it was, oh, I'm good at that, so I can do this. Oh, okay, well, I'll take control of this. Control. That was a word that I've been letting go of for about a year and a half now. (laughs) But that was me. I knew, oh, I can fix that. I'm going to go and step in, and I'm going to fix it. But I wasn't always inviting God to actually do it. So what's funny is I tell pastor all the time, Night of Hope doesn't stress me out. We have over 100 volunteers. We had over 300 people in the building. In the past, that would have been something where I'd have looked at him and was like, how are we going to do that? What are we going to do? It doesn't even phase me anymore. We've had leadership change just in the last, I mean, in four months, we've been been running Night of Hope. We've had leadership change in certain areas, big areas, big things. Um, Losing volunteers and trying to plug other people in, not once have I been worried that it was going to be taken care of because I know that God, every time God has met it. Every time God has met it. So, no, I've not always been like this, for sure. I've always loved serving, but this is a whole new thing. This is a whole new world. And I encourage you, if you haven't had a chance, it's going to change you. Yes, it's going to change the people that come, but it's going to change you. You're going to see God in a completely different way, which is really cool. it's so,
1: awesome. Yeah. Yep. It will change you. you. It will change. you. It's awesome. You know, when we got here, um, Mandy said to us, you know, our, it was funny. She said, you know, I don't want my kids just to hear about Pentecost at camp, and they go to camp, and that's the only place where they experience Pentecost. She said, I want that in our church, and she, you know, she said, I don't really fully understand what that means, <laughs> but that's what I want, and uh, you know, it's been interesting to watch, watch Mandy and, uh, you know, be, be in leadership, be, serving on the board and then serving in, in the Night of Hope director and such, and watch the presence of God transform her life. Absolutely transform her life, and to watch her bubble with the joy of the Lord in spite of lack of control. (laughs) Give up. (laughs) That's the best solution I can tell anybody. Give up. (laughs) Just give up and let the Lord have his way. Just yield. And, uh, you know, we had a great weekend last weekend with Thrive, and I just want to say thank you to everyone who came out and was a part of that. We had a great time, great time of ministry. And uh you know, everybody had incredible things to say. I, I, now I got my own testimony, I need to tell you. So, um, you know, one of the things that we've been needing here in the church is uh, we have an old outdated sound system, It's and it's very hard to set and control, which I'm sure you all are familiar with. Whether I have to tell you that or not, you probably know that. It's an old analog system, and, and things are, they're just old, and we need an outdoor system to be able to do outdoor concerts and and something that's more portable, things like that. And so it's been our, on our list, you know. And I'm sure you've all seen it. It's been on our project list that we need a new sound system, new outdoor sound system. And uh, so we've just been, been believing the Lord for that. And that's about a thirty to forty thousand dollar upgrade. It's not cheap. Um, the the boards, the sound system, everything that we need—it's a—it's a total overhaul. <laughs> everything we have is analog. It's all, you know, analog. If you remember the old big cell phones, analog. Y'all connecting the dots now. And the difference between we're we're behind times. <laughs> and. Uh, So with that, uh, we've just been believing the Lord. Well, last weekend we had, uh, we're still working on all the details, but we had someone tell us that they wanted to give to us not just a new sound system for our sanctuary that's completely digital, but they want to give us an outdoor travel sound system as well. So we're looking... That's about a $40,000 or so investment, so we appreciate that. <laughs> I would just say, more, Lord. <laughs> we have great deeds, a lot of people to reach, so that uh, we're excited about that. You know, I just want to say to you this, that when you begin to cast out your nets... Cast out your nets, and the Lord will provide. God's, uh, you know, we said it when we first got here, that God's provision always follows His vision. When you begin to cast out the vision of the Lord, when you begin to speak the vision of God and walk in His vision for your church, He always, always, always provides. But you got to get in alignment with what He's doing. (laughs) you got to get in alignment with what the Lord is saying, what He's speaking, and when you do that, His provision comes. If you have your Bibles, you can go with me to Luke chapter 5. And uh, we'll see how quickly we can get through this message, but we'll just, we might stay here to one or two o'clock. Everybody okay with that? Is there a football game on and anybody needs to get home and watch? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't forget, yeah, don't go to Bob Evans. I promise, he'll be waiting for you. That that and your closed up arteries from all the grease, they will be waiting for you, I promise. <laughs> Every, everybody gives us a hard time because we don't like Bob Evans too much. But then someone this morning was telling us, we Heather and I were able to, I'm giving you time to turn to Luke chapter 5 and telling personal stories at the same time, but we went uh, we went this weekend and just thank you to our our board for sending us, we got a... Uh, our one-year celebration. The, the church board gave us an overnight stay. At uh, It was originally supposed to be an Amish country during the Christmas season, but Amish countries pull, very full, <laughs> very packed out uh, during during Christmas season. So we weren't able to go there, but we went to Ogle Bay and uh, was able to see the Christmas lights. It's mean, beautiful area and shocking that West Virginia is so close to, <laughs> to Ohio. But uh, Anyway, so we had a great time. It was funny talking about food. We, we went to the, the restaurants there, the buffet and different things. It was so funny because for us, we come from food capital of the world. So food, try, impressing us with food takes a lot, you know, <laughs> because we've, we've had some of the best in, in the country in New Orleans, and you just you don't get any better than, you know, that slap your mama good food. I mean, it's just... We don't really slap our mama. It's a it's a Cajun term. <laughs> it's so good you want to slap somebody, and uh, you know we we love love our food, love our spice, and so we we went through the line. And we're like, yeah, this food. Ooh, you know they could use some improvement. And then somebody today was telling me how great they thought the food was. And I was like, yeah, that's the difference between New Orleans and Ohio. But uh, but we had a great time. It was a lot of fun, and. Uh, you know, we had thank you all the church board for doing that. We had a great time. We appreciate it. In Luke chapter five, in Luke five, we find Jesus in a pretty incredible encounter with his disciples, or soon to be some of them, soon to be disciples, and then those that were following Jesus. So we're going to pick up the story in verse one. It says, "So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret." And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, "Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch." But Simon answered and said to him, "Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing, nevertheless at your word." I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And when they came, they filled filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. You know, this is an interesting story that Jesus, in his encounter with his disciples, I don't think that he was just giving us a good teaching just for any old reason, I think there's a demonstration here that Jesus gives us regarding catching fish, not fishing, obviously, in the sense of fish in the water, but catching spiritual fish, catching men. Jesus had been teaching and performing miracles, healing people, and the crowds were following Him, they were thronging Him. And Jesus tried to get away from them. If you read in Luke chapter 4 that his fame was spreading through all the land and people were thronging him, pressing against him, wanting a touch from Jesus. They wanted a miracle from Jesus. And Jesus here in Luke 5, he goes to teach them and he sits down. He gets out on one of the boats. I find it interesting here that the fishermen had left their boat and were in mending their nets and washing their nets. They hadn't caught anything. They had been busy all night, fishing, had caught nothing, and they basically had come in, they had given up, and said, we're done for the day. We haven't caught anything, we're done, and they brought their nets in to wash them and to go about their business. And Jesus, seeing that their boats were emptied, gets in one of the boats, and it happened to be Simon Peters, and he tells Simon, hey, get get in the boat, and let's push out from the sea, and he begins to teach them, and he sat down, and he taught them. Interesting here that Simon Peter says to Jesus this word, Master. It was the same phrase that was used when the disciples were with Jesus in the boat. Remember, Jesus was asleep on the boat, and the storm comes, and they start freaking out. Master, wake up! Don't you care that we're perishing, we're dying? It's the same phrase. Master! Kind of carries some of the similar tones. Master, wake up! Master, don't you know we've... Toiled all night, we've labored all night. That word toiled is the word labor. We've labored in our own strength all night and have caught nothing. How many times do we labor in our own strength, trying to accomplish the plans and the purposes of God and catch absolutely nothing? Y'all hear what I'm saying? You gotta step out into the plan and the purpose of God. Begin to step out into his will and see his provision. That's what they were, that's what they were facing. They had toiled all night and caught nothing. They had labored all night and caught nothing. The Greek here that describes the The number of fish is a multitude of fish. Obviously, again, we see a parallel here between the multitudes that Jesus ministered to, the multitudes that were born again on the day of Pentecost, the multitudes that were being born again in in the book of Acts. So there's this ongoing connection through this story about Jesus and His calling on our lives to be fishers of men. Something else that I find interesting about this passage of Scripture is it says that there was partners with them. There were other boats with them. You know, not everybody will like the way we fish. Not all the other boats in town will like the style of how we fish, but we're still fishing for men. We're still catching men, right? Not everybody likes the, the Pentecostal style. Not everybody likes the, the passionate preaching and worship. they rather have the Father, you know, whatever, I don't know. But they were, <laughs> there's different styles of worship and ministry. But the point here is this that all of them benefited from the catch of fish that Jesus brought that day. Right. There is a catch of fish that's waiting for us if we'll launch out into the deep, if we'll begin to cast out our nets and trust the Lord. I believe Jesus here was doing more than just teaching a good message. He was demonstrating for them the power of casting out our nets to win souls. If we teach the word, obey Christ's commands, humble ourselves, if we will begin to do all of these things and just treasure the Lord. Above all, if we'll find our treasure in Him and begin to cast out our nets, God will bring a supernatural catch of fish in our lives. Why do we cast out our nets? One, I believe that God uses the nets of men to catch the children of God. Why do we cast out our nets? Not because Men save men. But God uses man to do a supernatural work in people's lives. You know, Night of Hope is a great example of this. We, we don't have anything special. We're not, we're not anybody great. We just say, Lord, here we are. Use us. Here we are. Send me. Let my hands, let, let my mouth begin to minister to, to someone who's hurting, who's broken. And we begin to love on the hurting and the broken. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven, go as you preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. How many of you have received from the Lord this morning? God's done something in your life and he's challenged us freely. You have received, freely give. Have you healed the sick lately? Have you raised the dead lately? Have you cast out any devils lately? This is the commission of Jesus to every believer. Not just the, those in five-fold ministry. It's you who are sitting in the pews. Go and do these things. That's the commission of Jesus. He says in Matthew 28, and we talked about this this past weekend, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all things that I've commanded you. Jesus tells us to go and make disciples. We're to go and to minister in supernatural power and go and make disciples. In Mark 16, he says, go into all the world preaching the good news, the gospel to every creature. Acts eight says, But you shall receive... Power. Oh, that was weak. You shall receive... Power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. The commission of the Lord... You know, a lot of times we just limit the Great Commission to Matthew 28 or Mark 16. But it's all throughout Jesus' ministry. It's all throughout the New Testament. Our commission to cast out our nets. To cast out our nets and begin to see the lost saved. 1 Peter 2.9 says, he, his, We are His own special people to proclaim the praises of Him who's called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Everywhere you go, everywhere I go, we're proclaiming the goodness of the Lord to those around us. We're loving on the hurting and the broken. We're casting out our nets. You may say, well, I don't, I'm not sure what to say or how to answer all those questions or what to do. You won't. It's okay. Cast out your net. Begin to cast out your net and love on those around you. Now, let me say this about casting out our nets. I mentioned it earlier, but we're we are not those that save the lost. It's not We are incapable of saving the lost. But how great a, a plan of redemption that God has for you and I and for those that we minister to, that he would choose to reveal his glory in fallen man. He takes us, those of us that are messed up, that have issues, that are broken people, and he uses us to proclaim his message. You know, proclamation alone doesn't save people. It's the effect of the Holy Spirit on their life. The Holy Spirit, unless the Holy Spirit draws a man, the Holy Spirit begins to draw them in and we proclaim the testimony of Jesus in our life. But how great a picture and plan of redemption that God who is absolutely perfect, God who is infallible, God who is holy, God who is absolutely righteous, takes us as fallen people that we are and uses us to declare his message to a hurting and broken world. All the more tells me that it doesn't matter whether or not I have the right answers. It doesn't matter whether I do it right, because God's got it. He's got me covered. I just need to cast out my net. I just need to let my net down into the water, and God will handle the rest. You don't have to be perfect today in your evangelism strategy. As a matter of fact, why do we cast our nets out? Number two, because it's not about our skill. It's about the command of Jesus. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Jesus was the one who commissioned us. Jesus was the one that was standing there with his disciples and said, cast out your net. Go let down your nets. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a great catch. Are you willing today to step out into the deep waters? Are you willing to get out of the shoreline? Get out of the area where you're comfortable with. Well, I'll stand over here and I'll, I'll scoop my hot mashed potatoes onto their plate as they walk through the line and and that's all I'm going to do. Thank the Lord that you're scooping out those mashed potatoes. But how about every time you scoop out that mashed potato, you say, God loves you and has a plan for your life. Just go a little bit deeper out there into those waters. Just step out a little bit deeper. Maybe when you're in, in here loving on people through the clothing ministry or food ministry or whatever it is that you're doing at Night of Hope or whatever it is that you're doing in your daily life, just begin to step out a little bit deeper, step by step, out into the deep waters of the Lord and just trusting. Just trust Him and cast out your net. You know, and we live in a society that is all about catching men by our slick presentations and our ingenuity and our skill. We've got to have the lighting just right and the sound has to be just right. And I'm all for those things, don't get me wrong. But that, that becomes our mode to win souls. And that's really, that's really not the, the method of Jesus. It's a supernatural catch. And there is a swarm of fish that are out there if you and I will let down our nets. Human effort couldn't catch those fish. Human, Human efforts and ingenuity and the skill. How many of you would say Peter was a pretty skilled fisherman? I would, and that was his profession. And he's with his partners who are skilled in fishermen. He's got other people who are with him that are skilled in fishing. And yet they caught nothing. And yet Jesus says, drop down your nets. And they caught a net ripping, boat sinking load of fish. That's what God wants to do in our life. He wants to enable us and empower us. You shall receive power freely, you've received, freely give. It's an empowered testimony. You know, on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up and the, and the word when he began to preach is the Greek word apapathagomai. It means an elevated discourse. He stood up and he began to pro- preach and proclaim the testimony of Jesus. Revelation 19 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He began to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ, that he is the heavenly baptizer. He is the heavenly savior. He is sitting right now making intercession for you and I. And he began to proclaim and declare the message of Jesus. And that empowered testimony pierced the hearts of the lost. And thousands were added that day to the church. The Bible goes on to say that they continued on in Acts 2, 42, 3, 4, 5. That they continued on daily in prayer and fellowship and breaking of bread and all of these things. And it goes on to say, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Why is that? They were casting out their nets. They didn't just come to church and sit in meetings to hear the apostles teach and preach and did nothing with it when they left. What they heard and what God spoke to them challenged them and changed them. And they carried it out where they went and began to let down their nets for a catch. Let down your nets today for a catch. Jesus is commanding you, cast out your nets. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. You know, the other thing here of why we cast out our nets is because Jesus called them fishers of men. He gave them an identity, and him was their identity, and then he gave them a purpose. I'm making you fishers of men. You know, we find our identity in Christ, and when we find our identity in him, he he assigns to us, he gives to us the supernatural purpose of fishing for men. Every single one of us have a purpose from God to go fishing. And all the men said, amen. (laughs) Fishing for men, fishing for souls. How is it that you and I could sit comfortably on our pews watching men die and go and spend eternity in hell? How can we comfortably come in week after week after week enjoying the presence of God, enjoying the favor of God, enjoying the blessing of God, and never go cast out our nets? Jesus is calling us to cast out our nets, to press into him. You know, in John 15, if you go with me to John 15, as you and I begin to fulfill our purpose in God, as we begin to fulfill the plans that God's given us, we find our joy in him. We find our joy in Him and we fulfill our purpose. We fulfill our purpose and we find our joy. It's this ongoing cycle of joy in the Lord. You know, like Mandy, it's funny, she was sharing those testimonies and she said that she's been giddy and bouncing all over the walls. Why is that? She's experiencing the joy of the Lord in ministry. She's experiencing the joy of the Lord in her personal life. She And it's overflowed. The joy of the Lord has overflowed in her encounter with God, and she starts overflowing in ministry to other people, and it just, it's a continual cycle. Amen. In John 15, verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears Fruit He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you... You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. And as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love, and if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11, I love this. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full." You know, our pursuit, let me summarize this passage that we just read. Our pursuit of God, our pleasure is found in our pursuit of God, our enjoyment of God. Out of, out of our enjoyment of God flows fruitfulness. When we begin to delight ourselves in the Lord, when we begin to enjoy Him and press into God, press in to His presence and find our joy, find our satisfaction in Him. You know, this world tells us that you got to pursue pleasure. And out of your pursuit of pleasure, you'll find your purpose and all of these things. But in Christianity, it's different. We pursue God and find our pleasure. And when we find pleasure and joy in Him, out of that flows fruitfulness. When you begin to delight in God, fruitfulness flows out of that. When you enjoy your family and you enjoy spending time with your wife and you enjoy spending time with your kids and you enjoy your family, what? You spend time with them and you hang out with them. You do things together, right? Because you enjoy them. The same is true with the Lord. When you spend time with Him and press into His presence, you find this enjoyment of Him begins to develop in your life and fruitfulness comes from that. So, our pursuit of joy and our pursuit of God's glory are inseparable. They are the same. And the pursuit of fruitfulness is inseparable. Press into God, enjoy Him, and fruitfulness is guaranteed. Y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? Press into the Lord, enjoy Him, cast out your nets, and the fish are guaranteed. You know, you and I are not responsible for the results. Jesus just said, Cast out your nets. He didn't tell us how you know, many fish were going to be there. He didn't tell the disciples any of the details. He just said, cast out your nets. You and I are not responsible for the results. Matter of fact, we're not responsible either for throwing them back. <laughs> A lot of times we get fish in the boat and we're like, oh, they, they don't look right. They don't smell right. They don't, they don't look like the rest of us. Let's get rid of them. Let's throw them back. No, the Bible says, whosoever will whosoever will come, and that's, that's the invitation, we've, we've said that from the beginning, whosoever will come, come to the table of the Lord, come feast, come eat, and you know what, when that happens, whosoever will, will come, and they'll look different, they'll smell different, they'll have a different way of behaving, <laughs> but let them come. Let them come, Lord, fill your house with with the lost fish. Lord, fill your house with the lost sheep. God, that they'll come and know you and encounter you. How do we cast out our nets? Jesus here, he sat down in Luke chapter 5. He sat down and he began to teach them the good news. He began to teach the gospel. You and I need to sit down and just begin to share the word of the Lord. It's nothing special. Just share your testimony. Share the word of the Lord with them. Begin to speak God's word. You know, when I was little, I used to go fishing with my dad and we, um, he liked to use stink bait. Anybody familiar with stink bait? <laughs> Something, something about that stink bait lured a fish, and, and, but it turned my nose. I mean, there's, I still remember that smell today. I mean, it has, a, it has quite the pungent smell. And, and stink bait, but it, it works for certain fish. You know, we try in our best to put on the, the ingenuity and the skill and the things that we possess. And yet all along, this gospel is a bait for the lost sinner. All the all the while this word, this truth, this gospel is more than enough to draw in the lost, to bring healing to their life. Just get people into the presence of the Lord. Get them into the word of God. Get them in to the truth of the scripture and God will begin to transform their lives. Bring them into the atmosphere of heaven. Bring them in. This is, this is the atmosphere of heaven. This is the truth of God's word, the Holy Spirit. If you'll take time, and and maybe you don't realize it because you're not taking the time, but but when you take the time, you begin to smell the aroma of heaven on these pages. You begin to taste of the goodness of the Lord on these pages, and it begins to overflow in ministry to other people. Get in the word and begin to sow the scripture into their lives. Romans 1, 16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation. Yeah. The gospel is not a sales pitch. It is the bait. You don't have to add to it. You don't have to take away. In Matthew sixteen seventeen, Jesus told Peter, He said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Thank the Lord that we have the opportunity for God to reveal Himself to the lost. Thank the Lord that He revealed Himself to you and made Himself known to you. Blessed are you today because God has chosen to reveal Himself to you. Blessed are you today because God has revealed His goodness to your life. But blessed are you that you have the opportunity to share this word and this truth with someone else. Blessed are you that you have, have the word and the hope of God in, in your belly, in your soul to begin to launch out and cast out your nets into the deep. Secondly, we've got to obey. How do we cast out our nets? We have to obey. Obey the commands of the Lord. Launch out into the deep. Be willing to go out into the deep water. Psalms 107, 23 and 24 says, Those who go down to the sea in ships... Who do business on great waters. They see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. Do you want to see the miracles of God in your life? Do you want to live what the New Testament says? Do you want to live out the New Testament reality in your life? Does anybody here today want to live out New Testament in your life? Does anybody want to live out the the power of God to those around you? Begin to launch out into the deep launch out into the deep waters. Those who do business in the deep waters, in the great waters, it's them. It's those that see God's wonders in the deep. It's when you get out and, and you can't begin to even see the shoreline. It's when you want launch, launch out into the deep. It's there that you begin to see the power of God manifest. It's there you begin to see the very tangible needs like the, the bus or the sound system or whatever it is met supernaturally by God. It's there that you see the brokenhearted begin to be mended, to be transformed. It's there that you see the sick bodies healed. You just got to launch out, launch out into the deep. You know, you might say, well, that's easy for you, preacher, because that's what you do. <laughs> that's the you, you do. You know, that's developed through a lifestyle. Right. You know, you think it's easy. You think it's easy to stand in front of hundreds or thousands of people, depending on the situation, and say, if you're sick, come down and Jesus is going to heal you. You've just put yourself on the line right there. You've put yourself and the gospel and the the reputation of everything. You've just laid it out there by faith. Come down and Jesus is going to heal you. But it's there when you launch out into the deep and you say, Lord, I'm going to let down my nets for a catch. I'm going to let down my nets and trust you. It's there that you begin to see the broken bodies mended. You begin to see sickness and disease leave people's bodies. If anybody, if anybody ought to trust the Lord to say let's launch out into the deep. It's this church. It's this church that's seen the hand of the Lord. Sustain it and keep it open. Keep the doors open to see the blessing of the Lord. Sustain this church year after year through trial after trial after issue after issue. It ought to be this church that says, Lord, we'll launch out into the deep again. You've sustained us. You've kept us. You've kept us and and maintained us. So Lord, yes, let's launch out out again and see the huge catch of fish that awaits us. They're out there. They're out there. And we just have to obey the command of the Lord and let down our nets. We have to be willing. Peter, you know, <laughs> Peter, Lord, I, depart from me. I, I'm a sinner. <laughs> you know, this is the first time. This isn't the first time that Peter's encountered Jesus. Is it, you know, you would think the first time you see Jesus, you know, oh, I'm a sinner, Lord help me, you know? But that wasn't Peter. This was, this was multiple times that Peter had seen Jesus, but something happened in this miracle where he saw the reality of his depravity. He saw the reality of his own depravity, his own carnality, and he responds to Jesus Jesus, leave me, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner, Lord. I I, I don't have anything to offer. I can't do this on my own. I'm a sinner. Leave me. You know, it's the very thing we all usually do when we see the reality of who Jesus is. Jesus, don't have anything to do with me. I'm such a sinner. And we try to run from Jesus who's on our boat. We try to run from Jesus who's sitting there on our boat trying to teach us, trying to use us to let down our nets. It's those very issues in your life, the sin, the strongholds in your life, the places of brokenness and hurt. Those are the very things that God wants to use to let down your net. Those are the very things. It was the insecurities of Peter. It was his pride. It was his issues that God used to haul in a great multitude of fish. And it's the very thing in your life that God will use to bring in the multitudes. Don't be ashamed. Paul said, I will boast all the more in my weakness. His grace is made perfect. His grace is made perfect. You and I become instruments of God's grace. Nothing will present a better opportunity for a more sanctifying work that by the Holy Spirit you see your own depravity mirrored in the waters of the world where countless fish are meeting their own destruction. You begin to peer over the edge of the boat into the murky waters of worldliness. And all of a sudden, what do you see when you look at the waters? Your own reflection. It's there where you begin to cast out your net. It's there where you begin to say, Lord, at your will, at your command, I'll cast out my net. And you look over the boat, and what's looking back at you is your own ugly self. The reality of who you are. The the failures, the shortcomings. And you say, Lord, I'm undone. Isaiah said, I've seen the Lord high and lifted up. Woe is me, for I am undone. I'm a man of filthy lips. I'm from a perverse. Lord, woe is me. And then what was the response that Isaiah had when God said, I'm looking for someone to go? What was Peter's response when Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men? He left all and followed him. Isaiah, here I am. Send me the same response that you and I can come before the Lord and say, God, I I am messed up. I have my issues. But at your command, I'll let down my nets at your command. You know, Peter didn't seem very happy about it. He wasn't very joyful about it. Lord, we've toiled all night, but at your command, at your command. This is what McLaren says about this. He says, but there are many among my hearers, I have no doubt whatever, who know that if they were to let their thoughts dwell on the facts of their own characters in relation to God, they would be uncomfortable and who therefore do their best to keep such thoughts at a safe distance. So as soon as the sermon is over, some of you will begin to criticize me or or discuss, really, nobody in here will do that, criticize me or to discuss politics or gossip and so get rid of the impressions that the truth might produce or you fling yourselves into business. One of the reasons for the fierce energy which some men throw into their common vacations vocations, is their knowledge that if they have leisure, there may come into their chambers and sit down beside them there, these unwelcome thoughts that kill mirth. Some of you try to get rid of the Christ out of your boat by another way. You plunge into sensualism and live in the low vulgar atmosphere of fleshly delight and sensuous excitements in order to drown thought. At some and some of you do it by the even simpler process of merely giving no heed to such thoughts when kindled. The fire, unfed and unstirred, goes out. That is the one way in which people come to have consciousness to use the dreadful words of the New Testament. Seared as with a hide iron. <laughs> God puts us in a place to launch out into deep waters. And then all of a sudden, reality of our sin and our issues hits us. And instead of allowing... God to use them for his glory. Instead of allowing God to change us and transform us, Uh, Jesus, you got to get off my boat. (laughs) Leave my boat. I'm done. I can't do this anymore, Jesus. And it's the very thing that we need. You and I need Jesus on our boat. Don't get scared off when God begins to reveal the issues of your own heart. We all have them. There's things that lurk on the inside of us. Uh, You know, Luther said we all have an evil monk on the inside of us. There's, There's evil on the inside of all of us. And God's after to change that and transform us and use those things to be a place to launch out our nets. Thirdly, how do we cast out our nets? Use what's in your hand. Use what's in your hand. Peter and John, on the way to the silver and gold, I don't have, but what I do have, in taking them by the, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You may not have any money to give, and that's fine. Just begin to use what God has placed in your hand. The little boy with his five fish and two Well, Jesus, it's just a little lad's lunch. What can you do with such a great multitude and yet so little? And Jesus began to bless it and break it and fed over 5,000. What's insignificant to you in the master's hands becomes a multitude of fish caught. What is insignificant to you, what seems meaningless to you in the hands of the master... Anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? And your life in the hands of the master becomes a net for God to catch multitudes of fish. Will you let down your nets? And then lastly, the disciples came to him in verse 11. And it says, So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Are you willing to lay it all down? You see, when you begin to cast out your nets, when you begin to step out and launch out into the deep, you begin to pursue God into the deep waters. When you begin to pursue His presence into the journey that He's called you on, you've got to be willing to leave everything else behind. You've got to be willing to leave behind your own successes, your own failures. You've got to leave behind your Human efforts, your skill, your engineer, you gotta leave all those things behind. You gotta leave behind the, the past hurts, the past, everything that was, leave it behind and launch out into the deep, trusting, launch out and trusting for a greater catch of fish in your life. You know, the Lord's been doing a supernatural work in our church, and it's a journey. We're not done yet, it's a journey. We'll never be done, actually will never be done. And, and the minute that we get to a place where we say, you know, this is great. Let's camp out is the minute we begin to die. We can never get to a place where we say, wow, God, you're really transforming our church. We're, we've, you know, we're, we're experiencing the power of Pentecost. We're seeing incredible out, you know, thousands of people get ministered to through Night of Hope. All of these things. Let's just camp out. You know, it'd be easy for us with Night of Hope to say, wow, we've reached success. We don't need another bus. We don't need more... Service areas, we don't need other ministries. We have reached success. We're doing it. And we begin to camp out. And the minute we camp out is the minute we begin to die. God wants to take us into the deep waters. He's saying, Come out a little deeper. Come out, come out a little deeper. What area of your life have you grown comfortable with where you've said, Lord, you know what? I'm good, I'm fi- things are at peace. Things are happy. I'm settled. I don't, I, I don't want to disturb these waters. I'm good. Let's not disturb anymore. And we settle. And God's saying, come a little deeper. Come a little deeper. Cast out your net. Cast out your net for a great multitude of fish. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you've called us. Lord, you've called us to cast out our nets. You've called us, Lord, to cast out our nets, whatever it is that you've placed within each of our hands, whether it's just as simple as saying to the hurting and the broken silver and gold, I don't have money, but I have the power of the Lord that will change your life. Whatever it is, Lord, you've given us everything we need. You've equipped us with everything that we need to launch out and cast out our nets. Lord, help us to be faithful. Help us, Lord, to step out and be faithful. What you've called us and commissioned us to do. Lord, that we'll find our our pleasure, our enjoyment in you, our enjoyment in your presence, our enjoyment in in your word, our enjoyment in you, and the overflow, the abundance, will be this casting out of nets and a boat sinking, net ripping catch of fish. Lord, we thank you for it. Thank you, Jesus what about you today friend are you casting your net or you've grown comfortable who is it in your life that God's placed specifically there to catch in your net who is it that God's placed in your life strategically not by accident He's placed people in your life. If you'll let out your net, you'll begin to see a harvest of souls. Well, I've done that before. Cast it out. We've toiled all night, but just cast it out. We've done it before. Just cast out your net and see the catch of the Lord in your life. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Some of you here this morning you've been you've been hesitating I hear the Lord saying you've just been hesitating and sharing your encounter with God your story your encounter with the Lord because of the cost you've considered the cost of casting out of launching out in the deep and casting out your net you've considered that cost it's expensive to be able to come back to the Lord and say I am full of depravity I am evil Lord depart from me I'm evil it costs to humble yourself and say Lord use me it it costs to humble yourself and say Lord in spite of my issues use me and that it's, it's held you there's someone specifically that thought has held you captive because you've got to humble yourself before the Lord. You've got to humble yourself before the Lord and say publicly, I'm an evil person and I need the Lord. You know, that costs a lot. But when you do that, when you trust Him and you humble yourself, when you do that, there's a multitude of fish there's a multitude of fish waiting when you cast out your net. I don't have it all together. I'm just in love with Jesus. Maybe you could just start right there. I don't, I don't know all the answers. I don't have it all together. But I love my
0: Thank you for joining the Celebration podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store.
1: With my father, it's so awesome.